Welcome to the latest episode of Too Boldly Pod, the podcast about anything and everything, and at some point, I just might get there. Now, the last, say, ten episodes or so have been pretty heavy on the sci-fi and paranormal sides of my interest, and if you read the description of this podcast it says I like many things and I list all the things that I like music and sci-fi and paranormal and sports and all kinds of stuff so I thought I would do something that I normally do right around this time of year on this podcast is do my sort of preseason football podcast where I make a prediction that quite frankly, is never right. But you know what? Actually, one year it was correct. But that's like one out of the last seven years. So my prediction track record isn't exactly great. But every year I like to do it. I think it's a fun way to get things rolling with football starting up next week, actually. So I think what I'm going to do this year is kind of break it into two little segments talk a little bit about college football, and then I will talk a little bit about the NFL. Now, normally in the past, what I did for this podcast, this season preview slash prediction podcast, is I kind of went sort of division by division, team by team for the NFL, but I don't think I'm going to do that this year because it it's been a strange offseason, and I get a weird feeling that it's going to be a odd NFL season. But hey, more about that in the second half of this podcast. We'll kick things off with college football. Things have been strange in college football as well. And like I said, the season's getting ready to kick off within the next week. Oh, or if maybe if your team has already played, then it's already kicked off. But for the most part, by next week, all the teams are going to be up and running with the 2022 season. And it's been a weird season, weird off season, weird last year, actually, with NIL. And it really carried over into this off season with the explosion of teams leaving for other conferences and rumors of other teams leaving to join other conferences and the the chatter about how there's going to be two or three mega conferences in division 1 I'm too old school so I'm going to I'm not going to call it the the bowl subdivision whatever the hell it's called now i'm still gonna call it division one so if i say division one that's what i mean by division ones the top dogs the main college football that the majority of us care about and watch on a weekend and week out basis but there's all this talk about at least with the sec and the Big Ten becoming super or mega conferences, if you will. And then there's talk about having three of them. So I don't know if the third one would be the what's left of the Big 12 or the ACC or however 
they figure it out or however it's going to work out. Who knows if it's even going to happen. But as you all probably already know, that Texas and Oklahoma have agreed to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC, really turning that into a a mega conference. And then over the spring and summer, there was talk about agreements of UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten, which of course severely weakens the Big 12 and the Pac-12 as far as conference status goes. And there's all this uproar about it. You, it seems like people are either on one side of the fence or the other. It's like they, they want everything to, to stay the way they've been for a hundred years, which really they haven't, or they're all in about these mega conferences. And I actually think that I'm kind of all in on these mega conferences because college football has gone from being a university sport to a huge multimedia business, for lack of a better phrase. These conferences are signing these multi-billion dollar deals with television networks, and it's really turning college football into a big business, really trying and to a minor extent, rivaling the NFL. A turning, put it this way, it's, it's turning the NFL's minor leagues into a more marketable franchise. And that's one thing that football has king over any other sport, at least here in America. I mean, we know that baseball has minor league systems, but they don't have anywhere near the the television draw that college football does. And hockey is the same way. College hockey is big, but we also have these smaller minor league hockey leagues scattered throughout the U.S. and Canada, and they also don't have the, the major baseball deals. Now, college basketball is close, but they're more of a kind of stepping stone these days for players so the nba has their minor league or their summer league however you want to word it and that's sort of the 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 preparatory league for the nba and then of course you have the the their minor league system which i don't even remember what it's called is still called the cba these days but Anyways, that too doesn't have a huge, or any that I know of, media market availability. So football has really taken the reins and really captured media availability for not only the NFL, but they're also doing it now for college football. And like I said, college basketball is big on TV for marketing and for media reasons but like i said it's really turned into a sort of stepping stone for players they're only playing one or two years in college and then they're jumping to the nba if they're good players so one good thing that 
college and the college football and the NFL have working hand in hand is you have to have to be, I believe, three years removed from high school in order to enter the NFL draft. And I understand why they do it. It's more of a more of a violent sport, more of a contact laden sport. So guys that are say 19 and 20 are still developing their bodies still developing as men so they're not exactly to the point of being able to stand up to or take punishment that they would from grown men in the NFL so I understand their reasoning for doing the whole three-year thing so you're gonna see players in college for at least see them play for at least two years and I mean, there's a rare occasion where somebody will be on the bench and come in and play one year and be a superstar and get drafted, but they were on the college team for at least two to three years. If I I could be getting that rule wrong, but I'm pretty sure you have to be three years removed from high school graduation to enter the NFL draft. Maybe it's two, but something tells me that it's three. But either way, two years or three years, you have to prep or prepare or play college football before you can enter the NBA draft, where in college basketball, these players only have to play one year of college basketball in order to enter the NBA draft. So football is definitely king when it comes to what we want to watch the most, what the media markets want to show. They know who's going to watch the most. They're going to watch football. So I think these making these super conferences are going to be a good thing in the long run for college football. It might suck for some of these smaller schools that don't end up joining one of the mega conferences, but as far as watchability, media availability, they want to they want ratings. So whatever conference has whatever contract with whatever network, they're going to want to showcase good games. They're not going to want to show Alabama and, say, Elkhorn State play at 3.30 or 4 o'clock on a Saturday in, in prime TV viewing time. So one thing I think is great about these mega conferences is you're going to have quality matchups just about every single week and I think in the long run once they kind of tweak it if it does happen put it that way if it does happen and they end up tweaking the playoff system I think you're going to get a true national champion each and every week because you're not going to have teams that play three good games and nine patsies throughout the the season and then walk in or want cry if they don't make the playoffs when they're sitting there at 12 and 0. So if you can run the gauntlet of these super conferences and and have 8 or 9 10 11 wins, 12 wins, then you're most definitely deserving of going to the college football playoff. Now the the one school that I think might end up getting lost or left out of this whole shuffle and it's entirely on their own doing is Notre Dame. 
because they've had numerous invitations from the Big Ten to join the Big Ten, and they continuously turn it down. And, and the reason that we hear, at least, at least the public answer that we're getting is they don't want to share their dedicated money that they get from being exclusively on NBC. And there was a report this past week that NBC is getting ready to sign a deal with the Big Ten, or at least they're in talks with the Big Ten about potentially signing this massive media deal with the Big Ten. And I think if that happens, it's almost kind of forcing Notre Dame's hand a little bit. Like, you're going to have to choose a side, (laughs) whether you want to be in the Big Ten or you want to be in the SEC, or what if there ends up being a third one, whether you want to be in that one, or if you just want to stay out here all alone on your island as an independent. So I think that's really going to force their hand to to swallow their pride, so to speak, and join one of these super conferences. And as far as the season goes, most of you that have listened to this podcast for a while or know me personally. You know I'm a big Michigan fan, but that doesn't mean anything because I am just as hard on my school as anybody possibly can be. I'm more more harsh on my fellow Michigan fans, the slappies as I like to call them, than I am the actual team. But I've also been very critical of Jim Harbaugh over the past two or three seasons And hats off to him. He finally got it done, finally beat Ohio State, finally won a Big Ten championship. It only took him seven years to do, but he finally did it. So hats off to Jim Harbaugh for for achieving that. Now, am I going to expect him to beat Ohio State and win a Big Ten championship every single year? No, but I am also expecting them not to go seven years in between beating Ohio State and winning a Big Ten championship as well. As far as this year goes, the reports coming out are they have a fantastic offensive line. A lot of people are saying the the defense is underrated. It's going to be better than people think losing their two big defensive ends and a lot of players off that defense that was so good last year. People are saying, the reports are saying that this defense is maybe not going to be as good, but will be comparable to last year's defense. So it's all going to come down to play on the field and how the running back room and the wide receiver crew performs because we know we have a proven quarterback with the heir apparent sitting there waiting to take over should he get injured or not perform as well as he did last year but one thing Michigan fans have to remember is there's a team a little farther off to the north and west called Michigan State that I think people are wiping their hands of and they're forgetting exactly what Mel Tucker accomplished last year with sort of a piece together team he's now had two years to put his players in place and I think Michigan State's going to shock a lot of people this year. They might not be conference contending good, but I think they're going to be good enough to 
knock off some teams that people might think that or expect them to lose to. So keep your eye out for Sparty. I think they're going to be tough, too. And, of course, Ohio State starts the year typically ranked in the preseason rankings, which we all know mean absolutely nothing. But they start the year off ranked number two. So odds-on favorite for the Big Ten this year is clearly Ohio State. Now, the preseason rankings are no surprise to anybody. Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, big shocker. Notre Dame 5, Texas A&M 6, Utah 7, Michigan 8, Oklahoma 10 or 9, and Baylor at number 10. Michigan State is down at 15, Wisconsin is at 18. So as far as the, it's really hard to predict college football because you really only have to lose one game, and if you happen to lose two games, you're pretty much toast. So, just ask Clemson last year. And so it's hard to predict who you think's going to be national championship before the season even starts. So, just for S's and G's, I'm going to say in the playoff this year, playoffs, you're going to see a little bit of a shocker. I think you're going to see Clemson return to form and make the college football playoffs. You're going to see Notre Dame make the playoffs. I don't think you're going to see a Big Ten team in the playoffs this year because I got this odd feeling that Notre Dame's going to beat Ohio State, and Ohio State just might end up winning the Big Ten. So that's going to throw a monkey wrench in everything. I don't think Georgia is going to repeat their magical season they had last year so i actually think alabama is going to make it to the college football playoff out of the sec and the fourth team i'm gonna kind of shock some people here i think it might be miami of florida believe it or not i think they're gonna have a good year i think with the new coach and they do have some pieces in place so out of those four teams, Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, and Miami of Florida, I think we're going to see, unfortunately, a rematch of a couple of years ago where we see Clemson and Alabama. <sighs> I know a lot of people say we need some parody, but that's the face of college football these days. And I actually think Clemson's going to reclaim their throne. So. There you have it. Sorry to people in Clemson. As bad of a track record as I have for predicting, I apologize right now. And as far as the NFL goes, it's been such a weird offseason in the NFL. So many players, so many big-name players, so many quarterbacks, big-name quarterbacks, changing uniforms this year. I mean, just simply look at the AFC West. That's pretty much a stacked division. San Diego, Los Angeles, sorry, Las Vegas, and it's going to take me years to do that. But the Raiders and the Chargers both have good quality teams with good quality quarterbacks. And then Denver adds Russell Wilson. So all of a sudden you have to think about the squad that he has around them. They had a 
fairly decent team last year. They just didn't have the play at quarterback. They have good receivers, decent running game, acceptable defense, so they could shock some people. And then, of course, Kansas City with Mahomes and his entire crew around him. And how are they going to rebound from last year? So I, I actually think that division, as good as it looks on paper, they're probably going to spend the entire season just beating the hell out of each other. And who the hell knows which one of those powerhouses are going to come out on top in that division. I mean, if you just look at it, you can probably say probably Kansas City again, and that wouldn't be a bad bet. So who knows? But I think in the AFC as a whole, you really have to look at the ascension of the Buffalo Bills because they've sort of been on this slow build for the last couple of years with Josh Allen. They continue to, to add pieces around him to shore up that team. They already have a really good defense. And he's showing that he has elite status as a quarterback. So coming out of the AFC, actually, my choice to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC is going to be the Buffalo Bills. It's so hard for teams like Cincinnati, a worst-to-first team last year, to repeat the success that they had. So it won't be a surprise if they actually take a little bit of a step back. And not saying that they're long-term going to be a bad team again. It's just so hard to return to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. So I think the Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Now, the NFC is a totally different story. There's just so many variables and things to look at in the NFC. And there's really not a standout team that everyone just looks at and says, that's the team that's going to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Most people will say the Rams, but like I just said about the the Bengals, it's so hard to go to back-to-back Super Bowls in the NFL. I mean, how often does it happen? We know the Bills went to four in a row in the 90s, and the Cowboys were back-to-back champions, and the Patriots have been back-to-back champions a couple of times and have been to numerous in a row. But it's in the grand scheme of things, it's really, really hard to do. So who knows? So if you just basically look at it on paper, you're going to say, look at all the teams in the NFC and go, well, it clearly has to be the Rams again. They have essentially the same team that they had last year with a few tweaks and departures, but for the most part, it's the same team. But I don't think they're going to do it again. One thing about the NFL is... A, it's a copycat league, and B, you give the rest of the league a whole year to figure you out. They usually do, and that's why the the, the Chiefs haven't been back to the Super Bowl, at least won the Super Bowl in a couple of years, because people are starting to figure out that little quirky little Chiefs system. Are they still great? Absolutely, but teams are starting to 
to figure it out just a little bit. And I think that's going to happen to the Rams this year. They've had an entire year to sort of watch the film, break down the Rams, break down how they do things, and I just don't think they're going to have a second run in them. Would I be surprised if they did? No, not in the slightest, but I just don't think they're going to. I don't think San Francisco is either. That's the other team a lot of people are talking about. But going into the season, handing the keys to the store to Trey Lance, who really hasn't proven anything, hasn't played much. When he has played, he hasn't done much of anything. And they're basically not officially shopping Jimmy G, but unofficially basically told him he's going to be a backup to to Trey Lance. So I just don't think, as good as that roster is, you really need a quality quarterback to sort of bring it all together. Could I be wrong? guess time will tell. I just don't see it happening. I don't think Arizona is as good as they appeared at the beginning of last year. I think what you're going to see out of Arizona is a lot like last year. Started out like gangbusters, but by the end of the year, people really started to figure them out and then just take a look at their playoff game where where they just look completely lost in that game. So, I don't know. New Orleans, is I think they're kind of in rebuild mode now, and without Sean Payton and without Drew Brees and really... Without much anything, I don't think they're going to be much of a factor, but I guess time will tell. Uh, Seattle is clearly not going to be a team that's going to be much threat to anybody this year. They're sort of officially in rebuild mode now, too. Tampa Bay is weird because you really don't know what the hell's going on with Tom Brady. Um, He hasn't been in camp, and nobody seems to know why. There's this conspiracy theory going around that he signed that big deal with Fox that he's not in camp because he's recording episodes of the masked singer which is shown on Fox or is a Fox entity so that's kind of a conspiracy theory that a lot of people are talking about and I really hope that's not it because say what you want about Tom Brady but the guy was always prepared one of the the hardest preparing quarterbacks of all time. If you want, don't want to say he's the greatest, if you want to call him a cheater for the football thing, that's perfectly fine. But you can't take away from the fact that the dude studied his opponent. He prepared his body. He prepared his game. He worked hard at his craft. And I just don't think that... As much as he's been in the past hardworking, preparing, getting ready for each and every game that he would take off training camp to be in the Mass Singer, but I guess time will tell. My thought, my unproven, no-proof theory is he's actually having second thoughts about unretiring and Maybe he doesn't really want to play anymore, but I guess we'll find out. But I think with all that drama in and around Tampa Bay, as much as they've signed to help him out, I don't know if that's going to be enough to catapult them to a, another 
Super Bowl or even a playoff spot. So that brings me to the division that I follow the most closely, and that's the Central Division with my Detroit Lions. I actually think a lot of people are... I know the Lions are on hard knocks, and they're getting this big nationwide buzz right now, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I think they're going to be better than a lot of people, mostly local people, the negative Nancys, the people that just seem to, to thrive on SOL. I think the Lions are going to surprise a lot of people this year and be a little bit better than maybe people think they're going to be. Are they going to be a playoff team? No, I don't think so. But I think you're going to see anywhere from six to eight, nine wins out of the team this year, which is a vast improvement from last year. Chicago is rebuilding, so they're really nothing. Minnesota, you really don't know what the hell they are. They have a good running back. They have a great defense. They have great receivers. Kirk Cousins can be a decent quarterback, but he can also be a horrible quarterback. So they could be good, or they could be lousy. You really don't know until they actually start playing. And then I want to say eventually Father Time's going to catch up to Aaron Rodgers, and he's lost Devontae Adams, so he doesn't have his security blanket anymore. But Devontae, there was Jordy Nelson before Devontae Adams, so he just like continuously buys new blankets, and they seem to work and work and work. And the guy just gets the, as weird as he is personally. He just just wins games on the football field. And it's hard to say, but yeah, I think they're going to win the, the Central again. And how far they go in the playoffs, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it as we record this podcast. Now, the East is a weird thing. I think the East is one of those divisions where you can just take a coin and flip it up in the air and see which team ends up heads at the end of the season. I think the only one you can really wash out of winning well okay put it this two you can wash i don't think the giants are and i don't think the washington commanders are going to i think they wish they'd have stayed a washington football team <laughs> but the commanders i don't think either one of them are dallas i think this is the year you either do it or you don't because i think if they don't this year it's never gonna happen and a lot of people are talking about how good in the expectations in and around Philly. So I'm kind of buying into that because I think Dallas has already peaked with the players they have. They might be on the downside. They have great receivers, and Dak Prescott is an okay quarterback. He's not great, but the running backs, you know the shelf life with running backs in the NFL. So I don't know. I got to go with the Philly train. So I just sat here and talked for 10 minutes, really stating the whole time I didn't know who was going to come out of the the NFC. So I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and say, okay, I'm going to say it. Green Bay is going to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know how, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Philly. But we're going to go Green Bay and Buffalo with the monkey finally coming off the back of all the fans in Buffalo from the 90s when the Buffalo Bills are crowned 
Super Bowl champions. And apologies to Kelly and all the fans of the Buffalo Bills for me picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl because my predictions suck. But if you have predictions about who you think is going to be win the college football playoffs or for prediction of who you think is going to win the NFL Super Bowl, let me know on Facebook or Twitter at Too Boldly Pod, and after the season's over, we'll come back and revisit my answers and everybody else's answers and see how good or bad, in my case, we all did. As usual, I don't have a closer for this podcast, so I'll just quote Dandy Don from the early days of Monday Night Football. Turn out the lights, the party's over. And that's why I don't sing.